1: Friends, this is Eunice thank you for joining us again today today we are gonna do part two of our marriage Q&A so I have my wonderful husband Chris on again (laughs) so we are just gonna jump in with questions that you guys have sent in to us so for the first question what was your hardest year of marriage and why So this is a personal question, but we decided to share. I think the hardest year of marriage for me was probably around, it wasn't an actual year, but like a season. And I would say it was around the 10, 12 year mark. And I think that um, just Chris and I were, feeling just pretty disconnected, honestly. Like he was really busy at work, I was really busy at home. Like that's when all of our kids were quite little. And so I think that we just didn't prioritize like having our connecting times at night or um, having our date nights, because I think a lot of nights we were just both completely exhausted and wiped out. And so that was a really challenging time. I think just feeling just very disconnected from one another and not prioritizing our time together, honestly, is what made it really hard. How about you?
0: Yeah, I mean, I actually, had, I have another uh, year to um, tell you guys about, but um, just to add on to what know shared about that particular season, um, yeah, I think that Definitely, when I look back um, for my part, um, you know, I was busy at work, yes, but um, I'm also like the type of person that um, boundaries don't come naturally to me. And, you know, I have a high value for sacrifice and serving, but I just allowed that to go to the extreme. And honestly, it was in a way that no one was even asking of me. So even when I think back now, I'm like, I don't even know what was driving me so much, but I was putting in long hours. Um, at work, and then naturally that led to um, just less energy or less uh, time with the family at home. And so, for sure, I look back on that as uh, as a mistake, um, for sure. And I, if I could, obviously go back and change it, I would. Um, so when I heard the question, though, I thought of I, I thought of the time that you referenced, but also even just our first year of marriage. Um, because, you know, we were, you know, newlyweds, so we didn't know anything. And, you know, I, and there was a lot of, you know, happiness too, and, and fun mm-hmm. um, in that first year. But um, it actually wasn't until we met with our pastor um, just for like a little post-marital check-in, you know, cause they had done our premarital counseling. And, you know, he, he was just helping us unpack the year. And then he helped us realize, cause I don't think it really, we really understood like how many major life transitions we went through in that first year marriage. Like they say in life, there's probably like seven or eight, I think, um, major life transitions that bring a lot of just extra stress. Um, And of course, like you can't avoid them. But I think just, you know, for whatever reason, we happened to go through about five of them, you know, within that first year. And so I think we didn't realize how much stress we were under, um, and just other things. And, you know, for sure. And I remember we reached a point where, um, we both felt pretty like depleted, you know, and, and I think we weren't able to be there for one another, um, the way that I think either of us would have wanted because, you know, in marriage, I think one of the great things is a lot of times when one person's weak or struggling, the other person can be a source of strength for them and vice versa. You know, they're, we, we definitely have seen seasons like that in our marriage um but i think you know what do you do though when neither both of you are pretty spent neither of you really has a ton of energy uh to give to the other just because you're you know Eunice was a brand new mom new new wife and new mom because we had our first um, son <laughs> immediately, you know, um, honeymoon baby. And then, you know, I was, you know, newly out of school and just mm-hmm. trying to, you know, get a job and pay the bills. And, you know, like, so we were both under a lot of stress. And so I think we've had to, um, yeah, well, anyway, yeah, that, that was very challenging because, um, neither of us could really be there for each other the way we wanted. So,
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That was definitely a challenging time uh, looking back, but yeah, it's amazing how the Lord carried us through in us like literally jumping into marriage and really not knowing what we were getting into much. (laughs) So second question, what are keys that helped you stay connected and feel unified with different jobs or one going to work while one of you is at home with the kids? So for me, I think... Um what I learned from that season of coming out of the hardest like season of our marriage was that I think for me I kind of had to reimagine what was like most important to me about us getting married and one of the things that really attracted Chris and I to each other Um, when we were uh, single was just that we both have a passion for the Lord, a passion for ministry. And so one of the greatest blessings I think that came upon our family at that time was moving overseas. So I'm not saying this is for everyone, but for Chris and I and our family moving overseas, I realized that a new closeness emerged in that next season of our life where we had to depend on each other to survive when we moved overseas. Like we didn't know the language, now we didn't have a car, we didn't have our normal friend sets. And so we had to figure out like a new normal when we lived overseas. And one of the things that we wanted to create was just that I would feel a part of the ministry that Chris was involved in and how we really Um, helped on a practical level to make that work was I hosted a lot of meetings in our little apartment and so maybe sometimes that's not like what you would necessarily desire as a wife but that's something that I really learned that I love hospitality and I love being included and involved and not just myself but our kids like involving our kids in the ministry was huge and so I think for us just learning, hey, maybe meetings outside of the home at a different location, then the kids and I can't go. And we realized like, we had to rework our schedule, where sometimes, honestly, it was inconvenient to include the kids and I, But we made a determination as a family that that was honestly a huge key in keeping us connected as a family because I think that our family really is important. And so we really wanted to have more of like a family ministry rather than just Chris going off to work and then me and the kids staying home and not knowing what was happening half the time. So that's just a practical thing that we did. Another practical thing I would say is that we made dates a priority again where we maybe not like going out for a date although that was part of it but also even creating dates at home where we just know on like this night we are going to spend time together and i think that that connection point really just enriched our marriage again what are your thoughts babe
0: yeah so i think um you know Kind of following up from the first question is I think one thing that at least I had to do is learn how to draw better boundaries with my work life, you know, so that I could have, um, so that I could be present at home, you know, and of course, like your work is important, so I'm not saying to neglect it, but, um, you know, you can always go above and beyond and, you know, sometimes that's necessary, but you just want to make sure you're at the same time, not cheating your wife and your, your kids from, you know, from your attention as well. Um, so I think just getting better at, um, drawing those boundaries. Um, yeah, I agree. I think the, the, the idea of just, um, you know, I think some of the examples she gave might be very specific, but I think the general principle is that we, you know, it forced us to kind of simplify our lives a little bit Mm -hmm. and, and really like, revisit our priorities, you know, like what are the things that are most important? What are some things we can let go of? And so I think in by simplifying it and then, of course, being unified in our our mission, I suppose you could say um, that that definitely helped a lot as well. Um, Another thing going back to that story from our first year of marriage um, is that I think you do have to, you know, have the hard conversations for sure. You know, I think at that 10 mark, 10 year mark that Eunice mentioned, Mm -hmm. um, we had probably some of the hardest conversations we had in our marriage up until that point. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, a part of that conversation I think was even revisiting that first year of marriage and just, you know, what were some of the expectations that we had of one another that maybe weren't met and also maybe they weren't even fair or realistic. And, and sometimes, you know, and, you know, I think you'll you'll find as the longer you've been married, like for sure, you're gonna have to learn to forgive one another. Um, you know, I don't think any relationship can survive without forgiveness, you know, and then, but also just like learning to release one another, um, even in things where truly like, I don't think either person is at fault, right? Sometimes it's a little clearer when one person, is you know is clearly wrong the other than I think forgiveness and and you know apologizing repenting is, is necessary but sometimes it's like it wasn't necessarily like that Eunice did anything wrong but we just had to like acknowledge that it was just hard it was just a hard year it's no one's fault but it was just hard and just even in acknowledging that I think it helped us to kind of like release it and release even some of the lingering like disappointments we may have had of each other or whatever and i think it did help us move forward i don't know i mean i guess i can't like prove it because i don't know but i do look back (laughs) at that conversation and that moment and it does it feels like we were able to move forward in a new way Um, so
1: yeah cool okay so question number three which is how do you preserve your family culture in the midst of full-time ministry commitments? Um, I think I addressed this in the last question, but really something that I think is important to our family is just uh, being together, traveling together so that it's not always like dad going off and you know doing his thing in ministry and then we are left at home not really knowing what's happening or not knowing the people he's interacting with and so i think for us we realize family ministry really is important to us and so we honestly there's times that we have sacrificed financially in order to make that work there are times that we have just sacrificed even um, simplicity because it is more complicated traveling as a family of seven um, but I think that that sacrifice and even financially, the sacrifice we the sacrifices we have made in order to make it more family oriented, where we can include myself and the kids, has made a tremendous tr- difference in our family. So
0: yeah, I mean, just to be clear, we can't always make that happen. Of course, like it's just not always possible. But, But at least some of the time we have tried to to make that happen for sure. I think another, um, when I hear that question, you know, you use the word culture. So um, it makes me think, you know, of what you know, of your values, right? As a family, what are your values? And so, um, yeah, I mean, I guess, honestly it probably, the answer probably depends on what your values are as a family, but just to, you know, I think everything Eunice said is true, but there's another side of that where you have to have those kind of conversations you know with your spouse and then at some to a level with your children as well about you know why are we doing this why are we making this a priority why is this a value to us um, and then also realize and figuring out what are kind of the boundaries of of those values and how we live them out like because you know we as a family we actually we do love hospitality and so we've always tried to make our home a place where you know we can invite people over, have meetings. But, um, but, you know, years ago I heard a pastor use, you know, kind of like use some definitions and it was really helpful to me because he said like, do you want to have a home that's fully open? I'm paraphrasing. I don't remember the exact terms he used, but fully open, semi-open or like closed (laughs) basically, meaning like fully open is like anyone can stop by any time without calling without anything you know and then like <laughs> closed is like no one can come over ever you know like and so I think that helped us to have conversations and realize like you know at the same time we want to be hospitable and our house to be open like there are limits right like mm-hmm. you know and we've we've learned some of that just by experimenting like we've learned like even for the kids like there's a certain amount of time even where we could host someone in our home where where it's enjoyable and even they love it. And then like, once it gets past a certain number of days, like it starts to be like, hey, when's this guy leaving, you know, like, so, so again, like, I think, you know, it's not only like figuring out what kind of culture you want to have as a family, but then where are the, what are the lines that, or the boundaries that you want to establish and how do you know when you've crossed those, right? So, yeah, yeah, I mean, hospitality is just one example, but, you know, you can apply that to pretty much any value you have. Yeah.
1: But since you did mention hospitality, this is a tip I give to ministry families is like our kids rooms are usually off limit for playing. Uh, We have a basement space, for example, in this house where we let um, other kids come to and play in. And we always made sure our kids like had their own toys that they decided if they wanted to share that toy They didn't just let any random kid or we didn't let just any random kid come in and smash their Lego set that they had worked on for a week, you know That they had saved up all their birthday money for like So there are natural boundaries that we encourage and you guys discuss as a family because the reality of it is like um You know, something that's okay for me might not be okay for Chris or one of my kids. And so we need to communicate that and really kind of even brainstorm together as a family of what's okay, what's not okay. So I think that's helped us a lot.
0: Well, yeah, and even like including your kid, because you'll need to do a lot of discussion just with your spouse to figure these things out. But that's what I was saying. On some level, you have to include the kids too, because... Mm -hmm. Um, you know, a mistake we can make and I'm sure we have as parents is like we can just make the decision for the kids, but really like I think if they feel a part of the conversation and they get the chance to express like their concerns then they can also participate and embrace the value and the culture that you're trying to set in your family. I'll just throw quickly just another example out is like I think a big mistake that I made as I said earlier, like I have a I think personal value, and I think our family has a value of, of service and sacrifice, even you know for the Lord. Um, but you know, I think there's a fine line where you know I'm expecting, um, where number one, where I'm going overboard, and then at the same time, I'm I'm forcing my family to also pay that price in sacrifice that they never signed up for if that makes sense and so like you know just even like as i said earlier like the amount of time i'm giving um to the ministry like that's just one of many ways that we can kind of like force our families to pay a cost that they never signed up for or never wanted to and so um you know again that's just another example of not just you know setting a value in a culture for your family but then like yeah, where are the boundary lines? Like, where what's too much, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so, yeah.
1: Yeah, no, that's good. I think going along the lines with that, something I forgot to mention in my last video, a tip on communication, is you, like, we cannot read each other's minds And so unless you're communicating, like Chris mentioned this a few times in this video, communicating with the kids, with one another, like unless you're actually like verbalizing things, we cannot assume what the other person's thinking and we cannot assume that they understand where we're coming from if we don't actually open our mouths and say it. And so that's just a tip that I want to give to every married couple because I think, you know, you can look at Chris and I and you're like, dang, you've been married 19 years. Like, you should be able to read each other's minds. Like, no, like we are very familiar with each other, but there are times that we still have to just open up our mouths and say it. So whether that's a boundary issue or, you know, something going on in our hearts, like we have to be willing to have the courage to just be vulnerable and say it and not put the expectation you should be able to read my mind by now because yeah that's not like they're not God and so um that's just a tip that I want to give everyone so I just want to leave uh this video on this scripture which is John 13 34 a new command I give you love one another as I have loved you so you must love one another by this all men will know that you are my disciples if you love one another and I love this scripture because I feel like it goes in every area of life, of loving our neighbor and also loving those in our home, including our spouse. And so the neat thing about marriage is that we are always discovering new things about one another. So I just want to encourage all the married people out there is that you just continue to follow this scripture and look for ways to love your spouse because that is You know, a loving marriage is a testimony to this world and to our own children. So thank you so much for listening and following along with us. I hope that you guys have an amazing day. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for joining us for today's podcast. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a rating and review, and we'd be especially honored if you would pass along the podcast or recommend it to a friend. Before we sign off, I just wanted to mention one of the most popular services we offer, which is coaching for individuals and couples. So on this podcast, we're able to share biblical truth, practical wisdom, but we're speaking on in very broad terms. That's just the nature of the medium, right? Uh, But what coaching allows us to do is to get into the specifics of your story or your situation and apply these principles in a more focused way. And while we can't promise that we'll always find a solution or resolution, many times we've found that it's helpful for people just to have someone to listen and process life with. Sometimes that's actually what we need the most. Um, So if that sounds appealing and you're still not quite sure, we even offer a free 30-minute session for new clients. That's a great way to try out coaching with no financial obligation. Um, You can find more information about coaching or our other services at our website, thejourneyhome.global.com. And finally, if you want to connect with us, you can email us. You can connect by social media. All of the links to our accounts are in the show notes below. We truly love hearing from you, and we promise we actually will read and respond to your emails or social media interactions. Um, So thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.